Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm so happy to uh, announce that we have a wonderful guest today, a very dear friend of mine. Erica Mallet, she is a podcaster, radio host, tea enthusiast, and all-round bloody legend. Um, really yeah. stoked to have her on the podcast today. And also my, what do I call you? Uh, I was going to say co-jockey. I don't know if that's a thing. Co-jockey, Tama. Co-jockey. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Can, can I be a co-jockey? We just spoke before sidecar, about sidecar, sidecar person. It's a really good cocktail. A sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> co-host might cut it, guys. I, co-host, I just want to co-host. There you go. Jump Thank in you. there with um, that. <laughs> look, for someone who's done this a lot, a lot longer than we have, I think let's take Erica's advice and go with co-host. Okay. Uh, Actually, <laughs> why don't we get Erica to introduce us? <laughs> Oh my god, putting me a on the spot here. Better job than what we just did. <laughs> I'll come ourselves. on every podcast episode and introduce you guys. Yeah, just <laughs> do it once. No, just do it once and we'll record it and we'll just always play it. <laughs> I have to say though, guys, I'm so excited you've started a podcast. It's such a good idea, and I can't think of anyone else better to do it than you two. It's so exciting. The train agrees that it's going past. <laughs> the train's like woo in the background. Yeah, oh, thank you, Erica. Well, we are equally excited um, to hear more about your podca- podcast and uh, where you are at, at the li- at the moment in- at the life at the moment in life. <laughs> we were just having a laugh before we went live because we both connected on the fact that we are the type of people to put two legs in one undie hole. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and one pant hole and like anything that can go wrong will go wrong is generally the rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so <laughs> I found you, Tammy. I found you. You're my people. Yes. <laughs> are we, are you accident prone? Absolutely. I, um, uh, I, I once, this is the extent of it. I once, yeah. you might know this, Michelle, but I yawned and my jaw got stuck. <laughs> I open. know this story. Not like, only I know read this. Erica, I think about this story all the time because it's actually, it was like traumatic to see you. I know it was kind of like, it ended up being kind of funny, but the photo of you in the hospital, like stuck in the, yes. stuck oh, with your jaw. Oh. Imagine it being you, Michelle. <laughs> traumatic to see it, but imagine it being <laughs> it. So yes, that's the extent of my accident proneness is that, um, you know, a normal activity like yawning can be deadly. Oh my goodness. I actually can't believe that. Were you, were you about to go live? Were you in the, in the studio or were you? Yes. Yeah. I was at work. I think we were about to go on in a few hours. Um, so we Mm -hmm. had time to duck to the ER and for all of the, (laughs) 
the doctor saw me and like all of the student um, doctors got called over because I, I think he found it really funny and like probably good learning opportunity for them. So he called them all <laughs> over and they were all just giggling at me. While <laughs> oh, I didn't even know how you do that. But you must have a pretty good yawn on you. Yeah, like it's an solid. aggressive yawn. <laughs> Thank you. I take that as a huge compliment. It's yeah, I would. Like a, a Chewbacca like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold in my yawn for the whole recording. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, well, we're super excited to have you here. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, now, what we wanted to ask you first, first off was uh, what are you focusing on at the moment? And tell us a bit about yourself for our listeners that don't already know you. Yeah, so a bit about myself. It's so weird being interviewed. I'm used to the one doing the interviews. So uh, <laughs> stick with me while I work my way through this. But I guess I have worked on Triple J um, for five years before this year. And mm-hmm. now I'm a podcast host and I run a podcast called Wait You What? And uh, what else about me? I, yeah, I'm just a gal trying to get through the world. <laughs> Making but observations. Mus- you, musician as well. Like that's how I know you is that um, you were in a rap group and the, I, I always like telling this uh, people this story that the first time I heard um, both of you girls were you entered a competition to be the mm. openers uh, when I did my Rise book tour and to be the openers in the Sydney um, Sydney show. And I remember at the time I was like saying to Nate, who co-produced the book with me, I, I was so depressed that there was just not many girl perform, like female performers. And then you sent in your demo and I was so excited. I was like, not only are there chicks, but they're actually amazing. And this is so, I was like so excited. So um, that's how I oh. first came uh, about you and Sally at the time when you were in Code of Conduct. And it was, um, it was very exciting. And you are amazing, amazing performer. Oh, yeah, um, that was Nate, such musicians. a huge huge opportunity for us like it was so exciting and no one had really given us a chance at that point you know we were pretty new to it but still a stage where people were kind of like a little not sure about you and you get that a lot as a female in hip-hop they go "Mm," until you prove it and and then they're like okay the female in hip-hop not only do you have to prove it you have to prove it about 10 times over which is very frustrating absolutely so 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 to have someone give us a chance and like to perform and oh I can't tell you how exciting that was and we'll, I'll always be grateful for that Michelle you well put us it, was on exciting. it was exciting for me just because like I said it had um it had been a process of even just trying to find female artists for the actual book was just really tricky so then uh when you obviously you know down the track when I was looking for openers it was just it was just really awesome so um you know and I've always yeah. loved you girls you, you girls are awesome so it's very fun oh. honestly and mad respect for like being able to write lyrics like that and rap like that and pull it off it's like it's impressive stuff and so are you are you at the moment working on some solo music stuff are you writing lyrics are you like obviously you've got wait you what podcast which we'll dig into as well what are you doing musically at the moment so I have done a few studio sessions with um, some friends and some new producers and things like that, which is all in the works at the moment. I am working mm-hmm. on solo stuff. I guess it's mm-hmm. just like redefining what I am as a solo artist. It's really, yeah. really interesting process. So I'm yeah. exploring different sounds and kind of intentionally um, choosing the sound because yeah. I guess when you're starting out in music, you just try everything, right? And mm-hmm. You learn a lot in the first few years of making music. 
And so now I'm taking kind of that, that, that I've learned from starting a project in the very beginning to this project now. And it, it feels good because I'm more sure of myself as an artist and I have more of an idea as my, of my voice, but you know, it's still yeah. a process. There's still ever like never ending things to learn as an artist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm and enjoying is it still, doing that. Is it still kind of hip hop rap? Are you still writing? Is it that type of music or are you kind of totally going out like left of center or is it just no, a secret? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Well, it's a secret insofar as, like, I don't know if there's an answer to that just yet. Right. Yeah, so you're not going, like, okay, it's not, like, screamo, you know, you're not going, like, full hardcore or anything like that. It is still in the realm. Anything could happen. Up. You should have seen my eye makeup before I, I started this. It was black all over my face, black. my black red lipstick. locks. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a, a kiss cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anything can happen no but it is still in in a similar sound hip-hop but um yeah more more me exciting that's cool it's really exciting it's definitely a um a challenge I think as well um as being someone that's worked with bands and then being solo and then we can, we were talk, talking earlier about you know working with different producers and things like that and like that whole idea of like finding your sound and stuff like holy crap, like that's hard to do and it is it is changing and evolving. And then but there's also that exterior pressure of trying to kind of fit in somewhere, which I think has been super hard for me. Um, and and I don't know, I don't know if that's what you're finding in your solo stuff at the moment, Erica, but it's definitely something I've, I've faced for a long time. Yeah, so. totally. I think that's a really good point about the external pressure and expectations and that's something I've been working through and thinking about a lot recently kind of like how much I let an external definition define my internal definition I think I've been trying to switch it so that I've got an internal definition that defines an external definition rather than the other way around which is yes probably hardest uh like easier said than done it's quite Mm -hmm. hard to do in practice but it is something I'm like very intentionally focusing on I Which love is so that. great too I... because also you started when you were so young. So like that's also I think just a um, a product of your environment and what happens when you're really young and you're starting in the industry and, and potentially you listen mm. to outside sources about, especially in hip-hop, like it's people that are outside the culture of hip-hop don't understand like how much it's defined by rules and what you're meant to do and what you're meant to sound like and, and, and specifically in Australian hip-hop there's even more layers to that. So I totally mm. understand why that would have been, you know, a thing that you guys always had to think about and now doing your own solo stuff, you're kind of like, what, what actually, what do I want? What do I want that to sound like? What do I, who am I as a, as a solo artist? And that's actually really exciting. That's so cool. Cause you can make it whatever yeah. you want. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And not to get lost in the noise, you know, like it is mm. so easy as an artist to read into people's comments and, you know, if you get a review or what the media says or anything like that, yes. but um, yeah. yeah, to follow what feels good internally, even the skill of being able to find that, like to listen mm-hmm. to that feeling is really yes. hard, but it's a muscle that you have to work on. And and that, that like you said, like or even just the receptors. So just having confidence in the fact that you're if you're happy with something you've created, put it out there. Like don't send it off to 10 people and then have them convince you it's not good. Because that happens to me all the time. Like I'm like, 
I, obviously I'm getting better and better, like you said, muscle memory of this is mine, I created it, I'm proud of it. And um, Michelle talks about, you know, putting it out into the world and, you know, you create it, but then you've got a duty to put it out in the world and then let other people take it and and and, and enjoy it. And um, it's, it is that really tough thing about, you know, you've just got to get past that kind of mm. internalizing part yeah. to actually get it out there and move forward. Totally. And if you, you know, as an artist, if you're making it and you feel that buzz, you, you feel mm-hmm. that feeling, you know, that what they call being in the flow. If you get that connection with it, mm-hmm. then you have to remember that. And there's something, there's something there. If you don't get that, then maybe not. But if, as mm-hmm. you said, yeah, if you connect with it when you're making it, then you have to trust that, trust that there's something there. It's yeah. also yeah. something that I've really learned and I've only really learned how to do this recently in, in, I would say my old age, but like really (laughs) trusting that feeling because I think sometimes you can be on even doing something that is actually externally really successful that just doesn't feel right. And I, I've had, I've gone through that and it was just, it was really, really difficult. And, um, Mm. but there was something else that was pulling me in another direction that just felt so much better. And I was like, I need to be over here and listen to this because I'm really, really loving this. And that can be very challenging when there's this other thing that's, oh, everyone's like, this is, you know, you're killing it over here. This is awesome, you know. And then yeah. you're like, no, actually, I might be killing it, but it feels really gross and I'm not really yeah. <laughs> wiping it at the moment yeah. so I need to go over here. <laughs> that's, oh, my yeah. God, that's such a good point. I like, I love that you said that because you're so right. It's When it's flipped, it's, <clears throat> sorry, it's the same, you know, if you're going to disregard critics sometimes you also have to disregard praise to follow mm. that internally yes. which is Absolutely. it's tricky yeah it's tricky because it's confusing you're like well I should just listen to the positive things but mm. really the positive things can lead you just as astray as the negative things yeah I think yeah yeah Super and true. I think that's yeah it's like in some ways kind of people telling you oh you know I it's funny I've I've I literally I it's kind of off topic, but kind of not. I don't take people shopping with me because I always, they always end up convincing me to wear something that just doesn't feel like me. And I'm like, how did this yes. happen? I just spent $500 <laughs> on this thing and I don't feel like myself in it. And it's so like, good. Yeah. And <laughs> That's hilarious. So I go by myself. So I pick the things that I know that I like, mm. but that can happen in the, in the, in the studio, can't it? Such a good analogy. Convince you, yeah, that yeah. this is, and if it doesn't feel right, doesn't feel right. Like, mm. and it might be good, it might look good on you, but you're mm. like, yeah, but it doesn't feel like me. And I think mm. you got to try on a lot of different pairs of socks. I um, love that so much. It's such a good <laughs> analogy. It's perfect and so relatable because, yeah, you can get caught up. They're like, oh my god, but the color looks so good on you, and that's a producer yeah. with like a sin. Yeah, and they're like, but this sounds, it sounds so good, and it sounds so, and you get caught up in the excitement, and then afterwards you're like, oh, you go home, you're like, yeah, they're so just shit. projecting, they're projecting their own vibe yeah. on you in both analogies. Like people can project what yeah. they think might look good on them, or the color, or the mm. synth, or whatever. But it's like, actually, yeah. this is not me at all. This is mm. not my vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And you got to keep trying the socks on until you find the right pair. <laughs> you do. I think putting yeah. on the wrong socks is just part of the process, to be honest. Yes. Like you got to yeah. put on the wrong socks to know the right socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're doing clothing analogies. 
weird. This is definitely the quote for the podcast, by the way, when we're promoting the podcast. Oh, we're pulling, I we're pulling out this like, quote. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> right there, it makes it so no sense. I love it so much. It's great. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, so I want to hear more about your podcast. So wait, you what? I went for a little dig around. I honestly, first of all, I love your just your presenting style and your charisma and your like. Yes, just I the way say that, that same. And and I always yeah. have from the very very first moment that I heard you on radio. I just was like, yes, you're Me meant too. to do this. You're absolutely meant to do Aww. this. It's such a natural, I like legitimately. That. Thank yeah, you. So really, really cool. Yeah. Such a natural. Yeah, you just yeah, you you're killing it. Um, <laughs> and what I I was listening to your podcast about Sam the liar, and mm-hmm. I was just like, what I love about it is that you've gone and started to kind of um dig into some in- really interesting um I don't know like obviously what you want. We tell everyone about it. Tell everyone about it, and then tell people how they can find it. Yeah, so it's um it's called Wait You What and it's kind of a riff off when someone tells you something really surprising about themselves and you go, wait, you what? And then that's just like a question that leads into such an interesting story. So that's what it's called and it's about people's surprising stories of struggle, self-discovery, lived experience. So pretty much anyone who's been through something difficult or interesting or challenging and has come out the other side with something to say about it. Um, I started it because I just think people have so much to teach you. And I definitely prefer like listening to talking, uh, which is weird because of the career that I'm in. But um, I always am fascinated by how much I can learn from someone, even just a mundane conversation. Love it. Um, So I thought, what if I dug into these these interesting, challenging stories and got people to tease out what they've learned. I feel like there's so much wisdom and knowledge in those stories. So that's what I'm doing. That's fantastic. So it, good. It really, yeah. And I think it's um, it's very courageous in a lot of ways. Like just hearing Sam who shall, well, is a that's a secret name, isn't it? It's because Sam doesn't really want to be known who Sam is. But was I thought it was very courageous um, to hear someone that was, you know, kind of uh, a pathological liar that's come out to talk to you about about why why he does that. And I think it's fascinating if you actually dig into how people behave and operate in their lives. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that he there was something there from when he was a kid and, you know, his brother needing him to be someone he wasn't and be a strong person. So therefore he started to kind of make up lies about being someone he wasn't because he was trying to be the person he thought he should be. And that's where the line started. That sort of stuff's so fascinating Mm. because everyone will have their own insecurities and story, uh, you know, that makes up who they are, but not everyone will come out and, and, and talk about it. And I, I love that your podcast is doing that for people. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. I think um, I was listening to a different podcast. It was actually an interview with Oprah, the all-wise <laughs> Oprah. On a J- it's, it's called On Purpose by Jay Shetty. Great podcast if you haven't listened. But Oprah mm-hmm. said something that she was like, I at one point I stopped looking at the world like what's wrong with you and um, more like what happened to you. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that is a good way of, of defining some of these people that I speak to and and stories that are told on the podcast it's like Mm. people who have 
realized that something happened to them maybe mm. and it and it made them react in a certain way and they went through something as a result um mm. and it's it's not a problem of theirs it's they're a product of their environment and their situation so mm. yeah I was very appreciative that Sam was so open with me I thought that was as you said really courageous um to speak yeah. about that and it, mm. I think in that particular um circumstance it comes from a place of wanting to grow and wanting to mm. learn how to change yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. I just think this is exactly what we need right now is just some empathy and understanding because I'm not seeing a lot of it. And there is a lot of like, yep. what the fuck is wrong with you? And not understanding that, yeah, most of most of behavior is from trauma or from some experience and everyone yes. can relate to that. And unfortunately, I think social media can kind of bring out the worst in people and, and um, people can kind of lash out because of their trauma. And it's, unfortunately is like perpetuates really really bad behavior and and also some of the social media platforms twitter especially kind of rewards it it's like kind of the the nastier you could be or you know the more sassy you could be the more you get rewarded so um through retweets and stuff like that so it just it creates this very toxic uh culture that we have now that just it's just awful. It's a, it's, it can be really, really um, detrimental. I think mentally for a lot of young, young people just to see it's like, it's not a positive environment. So I think talking about where this comes from and sharing these stories is, is I it's needed. It's a really, it's, it's like the perfect time for it. Oh, thanks Michelle. And I think you're so right. There can be like a certain performance or sport to that kind of uh, presence on social media and, um, yeah, I think humanizing people, remembering there's there's a person there, especially mm-hmm. online. There's like there's someone there with a story of their own, and you know yeah. they're going through something. And yep. you know it's it's easier to um, it's easy to remember. I mean, hard to remember that how people treat you is usually an example of the way they feel about themselves. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's something I often, often remind that. myself. Yeah, and you try to explain that sort of concept to kids. Like I remember my mum would be saying stuff like that when I was a kid and I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means and stop <laughs> trying to explain that to me. But you actually really do see, you know, even if, you know, I was in a cafe the other day and um, the guy in front ordering coffee was being real snarky and rude to the person behind the counter and it was literally just came down to it. It was like he's having a bad day. Mm. And so therefore his tolerance of normal day-to-day activities, including being kind and friendly to the person taking his coffee order becomes harder. And, but then it's also like, you know, I feel like having the, giving people this, the platform or the, um, uh, you know, the space where you can talk about that stuff is super important. And um, even, you know, with the teams that I coach in technology, I quite often bring music into the mix to break down walls because, Sometimes, you know, we we have different kind of cultures and in the teams, we've got people over in um, the Philippines, people, you know, in different call centers around the world in these team dynamics. And I've found that actually getting to express themselves and how they're feeling uh, through pick a song that shows me how you feel today. Um, they all come and they bring their songs and you don't like you don't even tell the other person what the song is and everyone has to guess but what's amazing about that is that the person who's struggling will bring a song that is pretty giveaway and then you can start 
opening up, oh, why'd you pick this song? And then all of a sudden you started to break down these walls and made a safe space because they're talking about the song, not necessarily about themselves. And then you can start to kind of introduce a platform and a safe space for them to be able to talk about themselves. And I just think podcasts are the same. I think that, yeah, I just think it's a really important thing to do. What an and incredible I- tool that is. Like I've, I've really got to put that in the back mm. of my mind. What it like? What an amazing mm. idea to like get people to introduce their feelings with a song. I've yeah, I just yeah, that, yeah. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we need to remember is that um, humans are not black and white and good and bad. We have shades mm. of all of it, all of it in us. Every every mm-hmm. person is capable of all of it given the right situations. And people honestly forget that. I think it's um, very polarizing at the moment, and we we put people into those categories and. I think, like you mm. said, humanizing people is just really important. So, um, yeah, that's why I think this is why I love this um, this form of communication the most, and it's the, probably the thing that's given me the most growth over the last five years is actually forcing myself to listen to people that I disagree with, and it's honestly been the biggest growth over the last five years is just to sit and be challenged and sit in uncomfortable conversations. It's like it's really healthy and. Uh, it's um that's where yeah. you get real growth. You're just like, oh, yeah. this is oh, this yeah, I'm so angry. But, this is... <laughs> but also, it challenges yeah. your own perspective sometimes. You're like, holy shit, I had never thought of that, and I yeah was so firm in my views in this, but I've actually just come back into the middle a little bit here. You've just you know, can, yeah. and just constantly challenging your own perspectives is like really important. It's so yep. important. It's such a scientist mentality. It's like, well, this is th- what what I think now because that's the evidence, but mm. I'm open to having my mind changed if someone introduces different evidence. So, yeah, having yeah. having the open-mindedness is, you're right, so important. I just did an interview um, I'm editing at the moment. The next um, episode of the podcast is with a hostage negotiator. Um, so Whoa, she, cool. yeah, she, she oh, does so negotiations cool. in kidnaps, um, in terrorist situations, like any kind of hostage situation you can, um, think of. But one thing she said, uh, was listen to what people are saying, but then listen to actually what they're saying. So pe- yeah. someone might say something different, but if you can actually listen and read into what that means, there's a whole mm. different story under there um so michelle what you said about like Mm. forcing yourself to listen to things you don't agree with Mm. you're probably finding like things that you they're not saying but things that you're hearing that they're saying do you know what i mean yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely and that's it and the thing is it actually because i remember you know there'd be some twitter outrage about some person right wing I don't know there'd be a podcast or whatever and I'm like I'm gonna just go listen like I'm not gonna listen to the two minute soundbite I'm gonna go listen to the three hour podcast and first of all what I found is mostly they were taken out of context which annoyed me because I feel like it's intellectually dishonest and and Mm. that annoys me and and second of all like it's never as bad as those soundbites there's always a, a, a like a a deeper meaning context that they were in the middle of explaining and um most of the time it's like these people like they all come from a different perspective because their lived experience is different. And yeah. um, I think when you can, you can actually, there's a, um, again, just seeing the humanity in people and just say, Hey, I don't agree with that, but that person is not the devil. Like everyone is making out and that, that it just continued to frustrate me because it would often be people that I admired or really looked up to that was presenting that. 
And I'm like, that's really dishonest, actually. I don't like that. I don't, that's, I don't appreciate it because, I, you know, I feel like we're all collectively more intelligent than just to be shown this two-minute thing that is out of context mm. and actually looks really bad. And it just, it kind of got me really, it just got me really kind of angry. I was just like, I don't, I don't yeah. appreciate being lied to is what it was. And just like, okay, from now on, if that happens, I'm going to go see for myself and I'm going to see, listen to the whole thing in context. And, you know, if it's three hours, then it's three hours and I sit there and, and often I, you know, vehemently disagree with someone and then they'll say something and I'm like, ah, oh, actually, I kind of agree with that bit. You know, I might not agree with all these other things that you said, but there's, you know, there's that middle ground that you find with even the, you know, the person that you think is the the most um, opposite of views with you. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. And I yeah. think skim, skim listening and skim reading is, as you said, so responsible for it as well because mm. we're all time poor. We all just read the headlines sometimes. I've, mm. you know, I've read a headline and gotten annoyed at something after just reading totally. the headline. When yeah. Maybe if you click on the article in the second paragraph, it says, you know, actually. The, the opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's often the case that, though. It's like it really yeah. is. You go to, and you're like, oh, that's not what it says at all. And it's like yeah. you've been yeah. force-fed this outrage culture. Like it's not healthy. Really, because like, yeah. I guess uh, boring stories don't make money for news companies, and that's mm. that's mm-hmm. what it is. You know, everyone's trying to boost themselves in an algorithm online. So, yeah. if our news is sold to us in a way that uh, makes us feel something, that's exactly what what the aim mm. is. Like mm-hmm. every everything, advertising, news, everything is trying to make us feel something for our attention because it's an attention economy, and the best way to get our attention is usually to outrage us because it's a mm. reflexive reaction. Yeah, which leads me on to the question around um, planning a radio show. Mm. Uh, you know, what goes into planning a radio show and uh, have you ever kind of, I guess, crossed the line or skim read something and been reprimanded or pulled up for your choices of, as to what you've, what you've put in that show? Tell us a bit about that. Well, the first half, a lot goes into planning a radio show. Some of my friends would be like, oh, so you you get off air, you're on air for, what, three hours, you get off air and then you go home. I'm like, no, <laughs> I work s- seven more hours to think of more content to put on the next the day's next show. The day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a lot. Like, I think um, good radio hosts and even good podcasters make it sound like they're thinking of something just on the spot just then. But really mm. a lot of what you hear is, planned like some of it is on the spot and that's Mm. often what's the most fun um Mm. but a lot of the topics that are introduced um and stories you know you've put a lot of thought into it with a whole team of producers and co-hosts um so yeah a lot goes into it and for the second half of the question yeah there have definitely been times where you know you skim read something and then you say it offhanded on air um, and you're wrong and people pull you up on it. Absolutely. And people <laughs> love to correct you. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever you say, someone's going to fi- either get offended or correct you or something like so that. Would you, so you- would you get texts like on the text line or would you get DMs? Like how would people be correcting you in those instances? Like and, and you ha- I guess mentally how do you cope with <laughs> just people like a barrage of stuff? you know especially yeah, on a, uh, you know triple j of all radio stations because they are notorious for having a lot of loud opinions sometimes of their, of totally. their listeners yes. 
people barrage <laughs> you on the text line. That's absolutely, that's it. Sometimes like I used to get off air and then look at the text line and be like, oh no, I said the wrong place. I said the wrong, like, you know, I said the artist was from Melbourne, they're from Sydney and you get 50 text messages oh, being like, they're not um, from, they're not from Melbourne. <laughs> and you just kind of like, you, I don't, the question about how you cope with it that's mm. yeah that's a it's a big question because um it can be overwhelming but I think you just mm-hmm. you introduce some of that empathy that we were talking about before being like all right well this person feels proud that they know something mm. and mm-hmm. they want you to know that they know it so mm. they've texted you in and they've put an angry word in there and like <laughs> sure I can handle that I'm not I'm yeah. not going to take that personally and they might yeah. be having a bad day on top of that as well. Eh? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. Were there moments yeah. where you really did feel like you fucked up something that you either had to apologise for or you felt like, I don't know, there was a, a growth period or was it mostly just like little kind of slip-ups and you were able to move on pretty quickly? Um, I think my biggest fuck-up wasn't, it was kind of funny, but at the time it wasn't, which was <laughs> I was um, doing the hottest 100 countdown and it's such an intense, env- I can't even explain to you, like everyone who's ever worked at that radio station is in the studio watching you do your job. And I was paneling, so I was pressing the buttons and I pressed the number because you have to first press a number and then press the song press the number and then I pressed the wrong song so <gasps> I turned it off and it's like all top secret right I know I, I turned it off as soon as I realized but there were like three seconds of the song <sighs> that played and they were really recognizable oh. like as the first three seconds everyone knew what the song was so <sighs> I stopped that song playing and I pressed the right song but already the damage had been done and the text uh, line was like oh my god oh did my you god. just destroy the countdown uh. yeah Eric Mallet destroys the hottest 100. (laughs) This is the worst thing ever. Because people take that very seriously. The hottest 100 is like a sport. It's like a yeah, yeah it was, like an Australian it was, institution. Oh my god! At the time, I could, I was so like shocked. I would have cried. I think I would have cried. I think I, I can feel yes. the anxiety that I would have felt in that moment, and yeah, I, yeah. all of all of the empathy goes out to you in that situation. That is, thank yeah. you. I mean, yeah. it was like hard at the time because I beat myself up about it, but afterwards, someone once said to me that radio is like whitewater rapids. If you like drop something in the water it just rushes away and it goes behind you and usually that's the case with radio like usually you can say something it matters for a second and then it doesn't matter it doesn't and no one remembers that thing that I did in the countdown so (laughs) it doesn't matter except for the fact that yeah in the street everyone's coming up to you you're the girl that ruined your 2000 and whatever 18 countdown it was my 17th birthday and you destroyed it (laughs) you know those were the kinds of messages I was getting but like you realize that nothing nothing matters to a certain extent Nothing. Was there nothing any? Matters. Was it actually? I'd love to talk to you about um, when you started breakfast because that was a really big spot at the time, and um, I think historically that not. I think everyone that had kind of stepped into that role had just got a lot of shit for a long time. Did you? Did you guys feel that? Would you guys feel that extra pressure of everyone? Like it just felt like 
unnecessary hate often. Um, yeah. But I don't really understand where that comes from, but it didn't really matter who was the, the new people in that position. It was just like, oh, they suck. It should be this person. They like It was always, I don't know, I just I don't really understand where that comes from. Yeah, totally. Mm. I think people feel a certain ownership to things that they love, um, which is so mm. fair enough, you know, that... Mm they feel like they should have a say about um, something they've been listening to for 10 years. Mm. And that's, that's valid. Like they love mm. it. And that's at, if we're doing what the hostage negotiator said, what they're <laughs> saying is this person sucks. They shouldn't have this role. But what they're really saying is that I love this show and I want it to be as good as I've always thought it is. So yeah. like in a twisted way, that's coming from a place of love for the show. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. And like, I can say that now, but it, it wasn't always so easy to break mm. it down in my head because, mm. you know, you have this range of emotions and feelings and there's this, um, like, uh, what's it called when you don't feel like imposter syndrome? You know, there's this imposter syndrome, yeah. syndrome that you get um, as yeah. a woman as well, being mm. like, well, I don't know if I should have this job. Um, I don't know how good I am. But, you know, mm. at the at the bottom of it, you just have to follow what feels good. And if you believe in the content you're making, it's like we were talking about with music. Mm. If you believe yeah. in what you're saying and what you're making, then that's really what you should follow, follow what feels good. Yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like um, that the three of us can really identify with the, you know, um, being in a role like, you know, that that is also deemed to be like, oh, the breakfast shows for men, like or the, you know, men hosts or, you know, Michelle, you being on tour shooting and, and being, you know, yeah. it's predominantly males and, and me, I go and coach executive suites full of men who are a lot older than me and, and you almost feel like, yeah, imposter syndrome, like I shouldn't be here because, but it's such a weird thing to 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 kind of get your head around because there are times where you're like, um, oh, if I send say my um, co-founder, like my business partner and Rob, mm. there's the reception changes. It really does, and it's like um, trying to understand that too, and and how to play your hand at mm. these things. Like, how would you? How would both of you? Um, how would you get around a situation or get, you know, solve a situation where you felt I'm, I feel like I'm getting pushed off stage here or I shouldn't be here. How do you, mm. how do you get through that? Yeah, it's, Great it's a good point. Um, and yeah, it's a hard question to be honest. I think personally, I just work hard at whatever is in front of me. Like mm. no matter what it is, I think, my my skill is just working hard at what's in front of me and being very committed to that yeah. so when you feel like you're being pushed off stage or told you can't do something I think mm. at the bottom of it, of it all if you keep working hard um then ideally you can prove yourself and ideally you shouldn't yeah. have to prove yourself yeah um you know in a in an ideal world that isn't even something that I have to consider but it is mm. and after a while, um, that can be very tiring, but hopefully it, you know, changes people's minds about something and makes them think again about what they previously thought. You're so yeah, right. I, it, yeah. I, for me, I 
I mean, I definitely have felt imposter syndrome before, but when it comes to specifically tour photography, that's one thing that I absolutely know that I worked so hard for a long time and I earned it. And so I just never, like, it just doesn't happen to me in that situation. Like, I feel like I have every right to be where I am and I know that I'm really good at it. So there's definitely been times where um, I've literally been pushed off stage or grabbed and told that I'm not, you know, I I shouldn't be in the space Uh when I know that I am supposed to be there. And I just stand my ground and use every single part of my five foot 10 height and (laughs) presence to just be like, and that's, that's a privilege I know. And not everybody's in that position, but just to be like, I know that I'm meant to be here. And if there's an issue, if you have an issue, then you need to sort it out because I belong here and and being really firm with that as well, like having that assertiveness and that doesn't come naturally for a lot of people. um, But it's something that I really try and teach when you know that you're meant to be somewhere and you have the right pass and you're working with artists, stand your ground, like don't be pushed around and just be like, I I'm here, I'm working for this artist. And if there needs to be some approvals or whatever, you need to speak to your boss, go and do that. But I'm doing my job. And um, generally speaking, it, it, I mean, there's definitely like been situations where I've, like I said, I've been physically pushed and stuff like that. And that's very challenging, but like just trying to be in that moment and just be assertive as possible um, Mm. often, often works and often helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. And I think back to times where I wasn't as confident and I did let people push me around or, you know, mm. I I was told something and I believed it when I shouldn't have. And yeah. I think back and I'm, I'm sad about that, but I'm also glad that now from that I have learned the confidence. And yeah, as you said, yeah. you worked hard at it, Michelle, and mm. it's, again, it's a muscle that you have to build up. Mm. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes you have to go through some shit to build it up. Yeah, that's does it, it comes with age and experience, that sort of stuff, for sure. What are, um, I'll, I think our listeners w- would appreciate the, um, I guess, some tips on how, you know, being assertive and stuff, that's fantastic. You know, there's that imposter syndrome thing too um, and overcoming that. But what about in a band situation? So we, you know, there'll be obviously with Erica being on today, there'll be a lot of bands and, and, and artists like music artists interested in this podcast and um, in, in this episode today. So if you're in a band and there's five, six band members, um, you know, how would you, um, I guess, encourage or um, advise people on how to get around band conflict or, you mm. know? Yeah, it's a um, good question. I think, I've actually never been in a in a band. I've the mm. most in the group has been three people. Um, mm. So I can speak from like observances. Is that a word from other bands? Mm. Um, yeah. I think if you're in a band, you understand that there's going to be some level of compromise that you have to make um, yeah. in terms of your sound or your wants and needs because everyone is always going to have a different idea and. Mm that that is not a problem. Like that's to be expected when working in a creative situation because creatives are strong-minded and they know what they want and they know what they like. And that's what makes them so good at being creatives. Um, I think knowing that and also being able to listen to what other people want is the key. Um, so yeah, just just making sure that you you trust yourself and you, you are able to speak about what you believe to be right, but listen as much as you speak, I think is yeah. the point. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a collaborative thing at the end of the day, isn't it? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, my I'm constantly in collaboration with the artists that I work with because it's my work that is like a visual representation of the artist. And sometimes what I think is the best photograph is not what they think is the best photograph. So all you can do is put forward your, and I can strongly advise that I think this <laughs> is the best for these reasons. And mm. then the artist will be like, but I think I look best in this. You know, there's always that kind of give and yeah. take and collaboration for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And another thing as well uh, is role clarity. So um, not only do people need to have clarity around what they're, you know, in a band's instance, uh, what instrument they're on, or but actually kind of understanding, um, you know, when you know when when Michelle comes in to do styling and doing set design, does the artist understand that she's you know has the conversation been clearly defined that Michelle's going to come in and she's going to do the setup and then she's going to pick your outfit, or is someone in the middle here told the artist something completely different? And mm-hmm. so you know getting that role clarity up the front and going okay, well so and so is bringing their songs in from start to finish. You just have to play what you're told versus so-and-so is going to bring a bunch of ideas that you all riff on together. And then the song's mm. all, all of our collaborative thing and everyone walks away with, you know, songwriting splits or whatever it looks like. But that that role clarity and and is, is a really key one, I think, because it, it does yeah. solve a lot of issues up front if people are clear on what their role in the band is as totally. well. It would take out half of the tension, Um in any situation, if you communicate before starting something, um, mm-hmm. I even do this with my boyfriend, uh, like r- role definition, you know, just communicating yeah. before the fact <laughs> being like, <laughs> I am going to need you to make me dinner for the next week and I'm going to do work and that's going to be oh, what no. happens in this next week. And then even like, you know, checking in, I'll be like, I know I've been talking a lot about this thing that I'm stressed about it at the moment is that is that sitting well with you? Is that uncomfortable for you? Do you want to talk about how much me telling you how stressed I am is stressing you out? Yeah, <laughs> so I think just yeah. like, yeah, not not leaving things to to chance and guessing, um, yeah. not having to guess what people are thinking would take mm. most of the tension out of a situation before it even starts. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah, it's, I love that. That's great. So good. Yeah, it's so many things like, you know, in in the line of work that I I do, there is one of the main pain points for organizations and teams is communication and Mm -hmm. expectation setting. Just different, being on the different page, like rocking up somewhere and someone having a different idea of who you are. It's like, you know, getting to that second paragraph of the the read that you're doing, like, oh, wow, the tagline is completely different from what the body of the, the work is. So, um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you another thing about, um, like, content because I feel like um, so not only do, you know, creatives need to do their creative work, but then also it's it's demonstrating um, that value in different social platforms and things like that. And so how do you, you know, you obviously you had a daily show prepared, you're constantly writing music and putting that out there too. But on top of that, you've got, you know, a big following on the social platforms. Um, how, what is, do you ever run out of content? How do you create content? Um, how do you share that with people? Like what, it, yeah. 
How do you create your spicy day from content? How do you, how do you? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love your Instagram, by the way. It's very funny. Thank you. Spicy Dave is my alter ego, if that didn't yes. make sense to anyone. Um, yeah, social media is an interesting one. I've, I've been trying to like take a bit of a break from it because I think what we were talking about, um, not letting other people's expectations of you or um, what they say about you define what you think about yourself. So while I've been working on that, I think I've been trying to take a step back from social media um, until I feel like I'm strong enough in being able to uh, practice that while after Mm -hmm. I've been working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So in terms of like social media at the moment, I haven't been super active, but in terms of content, I like, I just never run out. And (laughs) especially in radio, like I just will never (laughs) run out of content. And I think, I think that's because, you know, people might hear that and go, what, how the hell would you never run out? But it's because everything is content. Like everywhere mm. you look, there is content. And yeah. once you start noticing that, you don't stop noticing that. Um, even with, you know, song songwriting, if you make an observation, you look at a tree and you're like, wow, that tree has a crispy leaf. That's a song. That's like, yeah. that's the chorus of the song. Crispy leaf. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. a crispy leaf. <laughs> There it is. It's a smash hit. It's a song. It's a bloody smash. Let's yeah. do a collaboration and make that our theme song. That's it. It's going to be big, guys. Maybe I'll get Soy to um, flip it for us and that could be our new intro. <laughs> he does our intro song. He can, Honestly, he can kind of flip anything, so I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> well, please. please. I, need, I need to hear Crispy Leaf. It's going to be crispy cute. Crispy Leaf. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, like just just write things down, things that you think couldn't be content, they can be content. And yeah. I just write them down constantly, like in my um, notes in my phone. Just yeah. think of something, be conscious of the fact you're having a thought that you think is like entertaining and then just write it down because mm. it's probably entertaining to someone else. Um, <laughs> yeah, just have thoughts. Have thoughts and write them down. That's <laughs> that's my advice. Guys, just think. <laughs> just, just think. And then we, we have to think. <laughs> But I think I love, I think that's, it actually kind of leads us to our next question in terms of like, have you considered any other pathways like television? But I mean, I've always seen this about you. There's such a natural inclination for humor and just really, really like naturally funny content. I could definitely see you doing television. Is that something you have considered? Oh, thanks for that. That's such a nice compliment. Um, Yeah, like definitely I would be very open to it. Um, and I have done a bit of like acting and script writing and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something I'm very interested in. I think um, with the idea economy, if that's, it's a wanky <laughs> way of saying it, but like pretty much any creative entertainment industry is just about having ideas and communicating them well. And I think mm-hmm. once you master that skill set, and that applies to music as well. Um, once you have that skill set, you can really apply that to any different industry. Um, I just did like a, a short course in creative advertising, like an industry school, um, just cause I love to learn and mm. advertising exactly the same thing as I did in radio. It's just mm. having mm-hmm. a thought and then expanding on that thought, turning it mm. into a campaign, communicating it clearly and making people mm. feel something in the way that you communicate it. And mm. if you think about an idea as like two parts there's the idea and then there's the execution so if you uh 
you know, I'm going to use the crispy leaf example again. <laughs> if you think <laughs> of the song crispy leaf, sure, that can be a song, but it also could be a TV show. Um, you know, people might, it might be leaves on the tree and they talk to each other. And one of them says, damn, you're looking crispy today. And that's <laughs> a little skit. Uh, terrible example. So I'm going to stop trying to give examples on that. And then it turns into merch as well. Crispy, crispy leaf, leaf merch. <laughs> yes. I'm, he- I'm absolutely here for that. Yes. But yeah, I, I hope that made some sense because yes. in my mind it makes sense, it but the way I spoke it, I don't know. <laughs> no, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I think it's but- interesting. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, for me, I kind of struggle with content and, and probably Mish knows as well. I'm like, hey, I've got this Instagram wording and post. Like, what do you think? And then she'll be like, yeah, cool. Um, even for you, Erica, like you obviously you um, hold a special place in my heart because you, it was actually you and uh, Sally that spun my first single um, on Triple J and um, I was like gobsmacked. I had no idea it was going to be happening. I was like, what? I didn't even know. And I was in Peter Monty's supermarket in Fitzroy and my mate called me screaming and was like, you're on Triple J. You're on American <laughs> show. And I was like, what? And I've even got a video of me like running with excitement. Anyway, at that time, I all I did was I put a song out and I put the song out for my nieces and nephews. And I didn't think beyond putting the song out for my nieces and nephews like I wrote it for them but what happened after that is that I didn't really have a backup plan I didn't really have anything else in the backlog I didn't really you know it was just kind of like the sentiment of the song was for my nieces and nephews and that's all I thought about and um but then after that because it got that attention I struggled to put content out I struggled to put myself out there. I struggled to put another song out there. Um, and so I didn't put anything out for like a year. Um, and it was, everything was very, I just, I, it was really hard for me because I I found like it was not, it, the attention it got was amazing and I'll, and I'll never forget that. And I was so happy about that. But also at the same time, it, it really caught me off guard as like a completely underdeveloped um artists who'd never put any songs out before and then next thing you know I had to think of what's my content strategy what's my development plan what's my album what's my you know I had Sony and Warner contacting me from LA and stuff like that saying how old is she and all this sort of stuff and um so that was super hard and that's why I think content and I have a really um it's a big deal for me it's a it's a hard relationship with it what would you do to overcome something like that? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That is, um, you know, it's a it's a story that I appreciate you talking about because that experience is probably hard for a lot of people, like people who do experience that. And um, when I was in Code of Conduct, we experienced something similar because, you know, we got played when we weren't we weren't ready um, either. <laughs> I think yeah. what what happens. And what I'm hearing is that it kind of redefines your own expectations. Um, And as you said, you put it out just for the fun of it, just because you thought it felt good and your nieces and nephews, you thought they might like it. Um, Mm. And that's all you're expecting from it. And once that expectation gets changed or um, put in the hands of other people, that can take some of the fun or magic out of the process in the future because you can choke yourself out of that fun that... um, you originally found in it. Um, Mm. 
I think the thing about content is that in my opinion, it's best when it's organic and natural. And I hate this, but um, you can't tell that it's contrived because mm. everything on social media is contrived, right? Like people make things and they think about it, they re-record it 50,000 times and then they put it up and sometimes it looks like it's been recorded 50,000 times and sometimes you can't tell that it has and, you know, people think it's organic and that's what they connect with. Um, so I think it's something I'm still working out myself, but if you can take out your expectation of yourself and your content and just upload things that you think are funny or thoughts that mm. you've had and not think like this person might see my story and think I've lost it or they might not mm. think this is funny. They might think this is lame. Um, just put mm. up a photo because you think it's funny. It doesn't matter if it's going to get you 20 more followers. It doesn't matter if you're going to lose 20 followers from it. Um, just put mm. it up because it feels good to you. And I realize, like, I realize that's a really hard piece of advice because it's something, as I've said, that I'm struggling with at the moment. Mm. Um, and that's why I've taken a step back is because um, it's, it's hard to be organic. But mm. once you get to that place where you're creating from a place of um, inner trust in your voice as a content mm. creator, I think mm. that's when it will start connecting when it's like, as unfiltered as you can be on social media. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I had the answer. It's, it's I love um, that. I think it's, I think it's great advice. I think something that's yeah, worked really too. well for me is that, um, so my, my Instagram for, for MGH for Michelle Grace Hunter is like the grid has always been about my work. Like you very, very rarely see a photo of myself very, very rarely for the last kind of 10 years. It's always been about my work. And then when stories popped up, I started using stories as a way of the people that followed me was to, like to connect with me and do what you just said, Erica, just those, you know, you just organic things where you're just hanging out or you're behind the scenes on a photo shoot or it's a selfie or it's my dogs or I've shared a funny meme or something lets people into your life and, and definitely try not to think about it. And I know Tamara's like, cause she's always sending me stuff. and like, is this okay? And she's like super um, conscious of it whereas I'm definitely a little bit more throwaway and she sends me something I'm like that's great just post it awesome let's go <laughs> you know so like that's something we're getting you know getting used to um, uh, mm. working together as well and, and knowing that the like I certainly don't have the expectation that it has to be at a certain level and it's um, mm. if it if Tam is feeling it then she should post it and vice versa if I'm feeling that I should post it you know for the podcast yeah. as absolutely well, so. I mean pe people love not not to say boring but people love just watching anything like why do the mm. kardashians exist because mm -hmm. what is that what is that show yeah. like watching people do yeah. things is the show and <laughs> you is. know people will shoot their breakfast that they've you know the, a three minute video about their oats and i'll watch the whole yeah. damn thing and it's just oats yeah. and yeah. i'm interested like why is that <laughs> i don't know something to do with human psychology but I think something refreshing to remember is that no one is thinking about it as much as you are thinking about it mm. and no one will care as much as you care. And that sounds like an yeah. insult, but actually if you twist it, it's a really positive thing because yeah. super positive. You no, know, it, it like, it doesn't, it's it liberating. As as it's actually yeah, liberating it when you just like, people liberating. don't care. It's fine. You can just, yeah, like, yeah. 
post which whatever. emoji do i use no like no one yeah. knows no one no one cares um yeah, so yeah. just do yeah. what you think yeah yeah, yeah. But I feel you, I do feel you on that, um, Sama, because I've definitely been there, especially in my time at radio, when it feels like there's mm-hmm. a lot of expectation and pressure. You you overthink everything and you think, what are they going to think of this? What yeah. what are they going to say? The, the comments are going to be so mean. They're going to think I'm so lame. Like that mm-hmm. inner, inner dialogue, I think, mm-hmm. uh, intercept it and mm-hmm. be con- become conscious of that in, inner dialogue and say, no, you don't, you don't rule me um yeah. and once yeah who's in charge oh. the thinker or the thoughts you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many good analogies like and advice <laughs> and tips and ah oh, you're blowing my mind I love that so um uh, one last question we have for you is um where do you see your career taking you next yeah oh, um Tammy, don't ask that <laughs> <laughs> oh boy what a question. I think for now, I've got always have a lot of different projects um, happening behind the scenes, but I'm really enjoying podcasting at the moment. I've got yeah. f- few ideas on mine and maybe some other things. Um, mm-hmm. So awesome. I don't want to say anything yeah. specific, but I think for now I'll, I'll focus a bit on podcasting. But um, the way I work, I'm just like everywhere all the time. So you know, I might be loving this one week and then I'll be like, oh my God, I should do this. And then I chase that. So um, (laughs) it it could go anywhere, but at the moment I'm enjoying podcasting. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. We could be uh, looking at Crispy Leaf merch and (laughs) for all we know. Maybe it's a joint venture. Let's go girls, joint venture. (laughs) Yeah, yes. totally. I love it. We should make a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn for Crispy Leaf. <laughs> so good. Just uh, like, just I just think like two leaves that are really good little friends, or like, I don't know, like, they they hold hands. <laughs> oh, that's the content everyone needs at the moment. I know it's so true, isn't it? <laughs> that should be your content that you post, Tammy. Go yeah. on like a two-week crispy leaf binge and just post about crispy leaves, and that'll that'll drum out of you the fear. Yes, yes. People still follow you after crispy leaf. Yeah, if they still follow the podcast, they'll follow enough. you after anything. <laughs> You know that they've locked Put in. little goggly eyes on them and then yes. they can, oh, that's cute. I can imagine putting it into bed and tucking it in. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. This is what I, this is the feature length film that I'm talking about. Yes. That's, yeah. It's all there. Oh, I love it. It's so cute. Oh, well, Miss Crispy Leaf herself, you have been amazing. <laughs> I absolutely have enjoyed every second of today and I know yeah. NGH has as well. Um, so and yeah, all the best with the pod and your future stuff. And no doubt we'll be when the lockdown's finished over there, we'll be sipping wine and tea together. Um, and also how do people find your podcast? First of all, I want to say thank you so much. You're just such both incredible interviewers and I've enjoyed this so much. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see where this podcast goes. You're already doing huge things, obviously. Um, and people can find the podcast anywhere that you get podcasts. So Apple Podcasts is how most people listen to mine, but you can also find it on Spotify or iHeartRadio or anywhere. Yay. Yay. Oh, well, we have had the wonderful Erica. Thank you so much, Erica, and we shall see you soon. Thank you. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.